This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to support the Boss Rush Network and our family of podcasts, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. Thanks for your continued support. Welcome to the Boss Rush Movie Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I am one of your hosts, PC Muscle Race, myself, LeBron Dawkins, and alongside me as always is the Mad Pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. What's poppin'? Alright, I like it. I like it. Oh, what you're is, stepping what? up to be the boss man, I'm kinda <laughs> That's right. changing up the roles. That's right, so we call you the Nintendo... the Nintendo Pharmacist? Maybe. I don't or know. The, the Nintendo Doctor? Yeah, she's, she's uh, kind of the PlayStation. Uh, yeah, I've been right very now. Sony heavy too lately, so. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that, yeah. And also in the house tonight is, is the one, the only PK Power, Pat Klein himself. Hey, what's up? Yeah, there? power level is like 25%, so. <laughs> Alright, so we need, we need to talk trash about Corey for a moment here. Like, how... How come he? How come he can go to Disney and don't take any of us with him? What What is up with that? You know, I I, I can fit into a suitcase, so he has no excuses. I feel like I feel like we're just as much his family as he, as his family is. Yeah, his kids have gone to Disney more than I ever have. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in Disney. I've been in Disney three times in my life, and he's and his kids have and like his daughter has already been there more times than I have, and his son is what is the second one, right? Mm. Probably. I guess the first one doesn't count because he couldn't even absolutely remember that one. Uh, he's still sure like to remember. <laughs> wait, 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 his son is three years old now, right? Is is he three? Yeah, he's three, right? I think uh, so. Yeah, you, you usually don't retain memory until you're closer to like six. Right. This right. is why I waited as long as I did to take Nikolai to Nintendo World. I'm like, you better remember <laughs> what I've done for you. So. <laughs> how uh, how y'all doing tonight? Sick. Yeah. Mm. I've uh, I'm fighting something too. I don't know what, but it's uh it's kicking my ass right now. Well I just want you to know, keep y'all's cooties over there. Want me to wear a mask, Laron? Hey, you know what? Every little bit counts. Alright, that means <laughs> That means I'll take my usual remedy and go to bed right now. <laughs> don't you dare. I um <laughs> You know how you have those fit you Facebook memories, um, and the one popped up for yesterday or today was one year ago today. You posted this meme, and this meme is like of SpongeBob all sick and stuff at the Krusty Krab when you're at work for three weeks in a row and you're sick. So literally, this time last year, I was sick for three weeks, and this is my third week of being sick. I'm like, life is cruel. Mm. So mm. Um, I did take a sick day from work today. I did take a trip to the Chinese market with my mom uh, Mm. because we're preparing for Chinese New Year. We're having a big Chinese New Year's Eve dinner on Friday. Wait, when when does that start, actually? I forgot. So Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year in itself is Saturday, but we celebrate the eve of the New Year, which is Friday. Okay, okay. Year of the Dragon, big year. So, you know, we don't get to go to the the, uh, Chinese market very often, and they always have cool and unusual stuff that would probably freak out the average American. Mm. Better seahorse, 
white rhino penis. I guess not that cool. They got okay. jellyfish parts, uh, um, ox, ox spleen, liver. What's up, Lorraine? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't eat. I can't eat the exotic exotic animal organ meat. I I, I can't like. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. As soon as I know what it is, like it determines whether or not I eat it. But it provides okay. virility and strength and and future stuff benefits that have not been recorded by modern medicine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've been exposed to a lot of that stuff, and even then, there, like for example, I forgot if it was liver or kidney, one of those organs. The texture is just so. Oh, it's like kidney. I, it's kidney. I accidentally, I accidentally had some kidney, and I was like, I was like, why do people eat this? Like, I don't mind liver, and um, I've had, I've had heart, you know, like um, like which um, like I've had beef heart, which mm, I'd rather not anymore, you know. Um, what else? Like, um, if had... you were given a blinded taste test, I feel like those parts are at least could maybe be masked, but yeah, maybe it's kidney. It's like something about the texture is so nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I know. I know. Anytime I'm eating liver, because like I, I can taste the high iron content. Oh, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, sick and Chinese New Year. So, uh, Pat, you said uh, you're sick. You're just probably starting to get a cold, or I don't know. My stomach wasn't right yesterday, and it it got like my head hurts and my nose just feels like it's on fire. So, jack up that vitamin C, some zinc if if you can. Zinc. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? At least you're clocking in an illness early February, so you get it out of the way when Pat comes around. Yeah, here's open. Yeah, sorry you're not feeling good, Pat. I feel better. Thank you. How about you, Leron? Yeah. You said work's kicking your butt. Yeah, like work work's been keeping me busy lately, which is a good which is a good problem to have, you know, and stuff like that because like. Cause like the more, cause like the more, um, the more and more like, uh, like things keep coming my way as far as work wise goes, like the more and more I actually have money from my PAX fund. So yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm pushing towards. And of course I'm getting ready for Valentine's day, which, you know, like it's, it's mm. number three for me and the boyfriend, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like things are, things are moving along. Great, man. I kind of forgot about Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. hey, when you're a pandemic couple, you you it's, it it helps it it helps you keep track of like like how long is how long things have happened. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh yeah, we um we we were official we were official during the 20 the 2021 year of the, of the pandemic. Mm, okay. Do you have any special plans or that part's not figured out yet? Just uh, nothing's really figured out besides dinner. Okay. Yeah, besides dinner. Um, yeah, it's like a I Wednesday, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do something. We're gonna we're gonna do something this weekend for it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, enough of that. Let, let's go into some housekeeping real quickly. Uh, did you know that the Boss Rush Podcast and the Boss Rush Network are heading to PAX East? Well, you do now. Uh, you'll be able to find us roaming the show floor. So if you're there, please come and say hi. We'll be covering the event as part of the media. Uh, we'll also be demoing games, conducting interviews, and recording a podcast or two live from the event. So make sure you keep your eye on BossRush.net and your YouTube channel for that. I'm sorry, and our YouTube channel for that. 
Uh, PAX East is taking place in Boston uh, March the 21st to the 24th. So get your badges now and come say hello. I was going to say, I believe we're down to the wire is when people can secure their passes. I think it's February 11th. Well, I got mine. Well, I, well I, I, I got my email saying that I'm in there. Well, not just any pass. Press pass. Dude. Yeah, the press pass. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like once the window closes, then they will reveal who the vendors are. So it's going to be very exciting. And just to reiterate, this is going to be the largest boss rush presence at a PAX. So hope Woo-hoo. to see people there. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Boss Rush, if you want to support the Boss Rush ne- uh, podcast as well as the Boss Rush Network, you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. Yeah, Boss Rush Network, where you can get this show one week early and ad-free and all the other perks like early access to podcasts, other podcasts, voting rights, and more at the tiers that's right for you. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. Um, if you can't contribute financially, it's no big deal. Uh, your viewership and listenership is enough for us. If you're watching the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a thumbs up on this video, and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when new episodes go live. It really helps. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave our show a five-star rating and a nice review. It really helps with our visibility and discoverability. Uh, remember, you can always find new episodes of us, of all of our podcasts, articles, reviews, and more over at the website, bossrush.net. You can also grab merch for your favorite show at our t- on our TV public store wow i almost screwed that up our t public store <laughs> head to our website and click the store icon or, or click the link in the show notes to browse over 40 designs from the boss rush network including our new heritage and pride shirts and hoodies um i guess i should talk about this 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 giveaway thing that Corey wants us to do right oh it's even more relevant now right mm. oh yeah hell yeah uh, especially if you've been keeping track of the state of play that just happened we're giving away Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for PlayStation 5. Uh, to enter, subscribe to the Busters Network on YouTube and comment the word BUSTER in all caps on this video or look for our post on Patreon if you're a patron at any level. If you are a patron subscriber, you automatically receive two entries if you comment BUSTER on the pinned giveaway post. Uh, the winner will be announced on Busters Network Twitter and Instagram accounts on Monday, February 26th. So follow at Boss Rush Network on all the socials to find out. By the way, uh, this contest is only for eligible for people in the United States. So please, if uh, if uh, please let us know if we have to like send it to someone else. Please, like that that would do us a big favor. Besides, and and it, uh, we're not limiting it to North American release because we're jerks. It's it's purely a shipping issue. It's <laughs> so a shipping not- issue. It's a shipping issue. Or elitist or anything. It's just a shipping issue. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, you know what? I don't know. Like, we always do the same old thing when we do what we've been playing. Uh, I'm looking at the notes for what we've been playing and what we're going to talk about. Should we we mix it up and and have someone talk about someone else's what they've been playing? Talk about someone else's someone else has been playing? Yeah, we'll talk about talk about uh, basically the way it goes. Like you guys see, you guys see what I've been playing already. Okay. Uh, anyone that's familiar with that can just go ahead and start talking about the, those topics. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. I mean, it's 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 something it's something different. It's something screwy. We don't have to do it, but I I, I was just like, you know, let's just, just do something off the cuff. 
Besides, oh, that reminds Corey's, me. Corey's away. He'd never, he'd never let us do this if he was here. So, like, if I was looking at yours, I can probably only speak to Tekken 8, right? So I'll start there. Yeah, yeah, um, if you want. Yeah, I started uh, Tekken 8. Um, well, as you know, Laurent, because I was texting, like, why does my screen look all weird? I can only play bubble. Anyway, I, I'm really liking it. Um, I didn't play a lot of it because, coincidentally, I was playing a bunch of other things. But overall, the soundtrack slaps. I love the list of characters. Um, coincidentally, Laurent, I think your main is my main, or our favorite main, and that's Victor. What a great oh, really? addition. His his move sets are great. They're fun. Oh, he's, and... he's so smooth. Oh my god! Exactly. And I mean, he's easy on the eyes for for a <laughs> silver fox, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I just yeah. he he was really impressive. I like yeah like um like it's it's been a while since I just like gravitated to a brand new Tekken character like right off the mm -hmm. bat because I I normally almost always since since Tekken since Tekken five I'm I've almost always played with the same character as my main when the games first come out and then I'll move on to a different character but this is the first time I was like you know what I'm I'm using Asuka's Kazama person um and um and, and it's been that way since since her debut in Tekken five. And I saw I was going through the uh, I was going through the roster. I saw Victor. And I saw his intro, and I was like, "Holy crap! This dude has this dude has a sword, knives, and and guns." Like I I I want to check him out. And he's wearing the suit. I was like, "Yo!" And he's got and he's got those baller ass glasses. <laughs> yes, seriously. Like I I like gravitated toward that character immediately. I mean, granted. You know, I, I cycled through, like, I, I practiced with everybody's moveset. Um, as we said before, yeah, I, too, like to stick with who I knew. And back in Tekken 4, I used to play with Lee slash Violet because he had this really cool kick takedown that I would just cheese the heck out of it. Don't like him here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I, oh, I embarrassed. I embarrassed a, a Lee player uh, a couple nights ago in, in a ranked battle because mm -hmm. uh, because – all he was literally doing was just throwing out like moves and stuff like that. So once I figured out that he was just being he was just being an absolute nut about things, like I just I just kind of baited him to like start doing like the wild shit and then just like totally scrubbed him out. <laughs> so I, even, I just I even saved the replay. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I wasn't impressed with him anymore. So that's where I'm like, I'm gonna start. Excuse me, using new characters. Um, Yoshimitsu is one that I never could master before, but he was easier for me to get a hold of uh, this time around. He's a lot of fun. I love his design. Mm -hmm. And what's the robot guy? Something eight. Um, Jack eight. Jack eight. Like not my style, but when I was playing when my son was in the room, so we would take turns picking what character to try out. And he's like, mm -hmm. "Oh, pick," because of course he's like the biggest guy and massive and whatever i'll admit i i did i had some pretty easy battles with him oh yeah jack's a solid jack's a solid character yeah so uh but yeah i'm really looking forward to maybe this weekend trying out the actual story mode um but i'm glad i picked it up because you know i held out when street fighter 6 came out i held out when mortal Kombat 1 came out all of them seemed to do pretty well but then what in the coming of Tekken 8, I'm like, all right, out of all the three, I have kind of the biggest history with Tekken, so mm -hmm. I'm glad I kind of re-entered the franchise after a long hiatus. Did um, you uh, play through mm -hmm. the entire story? I'm, I'm going to start, I was actually planning on starting a story, I actually planned on starting a story before, like, we recorded tonight's podcast, mm -hmm. but, um, but I was busy with work, um, mm -hmm. um, also, like, 
I was like breaking my day for a doctor's appointment and stuff like that. So I had to mm-hmm. get back to work after that. So like I didn't really have time. The only thing I have really time time to do is like eat dinner and stuff. But I'll probably I'll probably drag the rog ally in the bed with me because I got Tekken seven lo- uh, Tekken eight loaded on on it. And nice. I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time on it before I go to bed tonight. Um, I like the game so far though. Like um, like oh uh, uh, oh, and they just released a a patch, like the first patch for the game and everything. So like yeah, like seven different characters have gotten nerfs or or or, or things changed about their moveset set and stuff like that. And oh, really? some people are already some people are already crying. <laughs> Of course, yeah. of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, but um, but I'm liking the game. I feel like I I feel like this is a this is a fresh Tekken entry. Like it, I I really do. Um, um, and you know it's crazy saying you know considering that there's 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 eight main games. There's been two tag team tag team games, uh, tag tournament games and stuff like that. So technically, it's ten. It's a ten game franchise. You know, um, if you don't if you don't count Tekken Revolution, Revolution was like a free to play game, and you know um. And so, uh, so that considering like, okay, so they had 11 official titles in, in the Tekken franchise and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I really wish I'd played that mobile game, like back, back when it was a thing, like, yeah, there was a mobile game and, and, um, and I want to say after a year and a half, like the server shut down and stuff like that. So I was, I was kind of okay. glad I didn't get into it, but at the same time, I'm kind of, I kind of mad I missed it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, so as soon as I get a little more proficient um, with uh, with Victor and stuff like that, I'll probably start playing with Oscar, you know, just so I can just 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 pad the ranks. Cause uh, I think right now, like um, I've gone through, I'm I'm in the rank mode right now with Victor, and um, I am, I want to say I'm 11th or 12th Dan right now, so I'm in the yellow, I'm in the yellow ranks now. Yeah, like uh, oh, like okay. real soon I'll be real soon I'll be mighty ruler, which I think is like 15. Sweet, nice. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and like I said, Victor's a blast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, since you talked about well, since you talked about one of my games that you also happen to be playing, I can talk about one of your games that I actually that I actually played. Un- Uncharted: Drake's Fortune. That's uh, that's one of the games Stephanie's been playing. And first of all, let me just say this: Uncharted: Drake's Fortune is the reason why I bought a PS3. Back when they were back when they were the most expensive consoles on the market, <laughs> uh, there's like there's this magic about Unchart- Uncharted Drake's Fortune, and um, and all I can say is like it's the charisma of the main character Nathan Drake himself and stuff like that. Like he's got that he's got that whole Indiana Jones like swashbuckler thing going on and stuff like that. And and you're in the game and it plays definitely like like it's Tomb Raider meets Indiana Jones to a certain extent, but also. But also, you can you can you can honestly tell that Nathan Drake is is modeled after Nathan Fillion, and and that's where that's where it's funny because like he has the mannerisms and all that stuff. Um. So yeah, Drake's fortune. How far are you in it? I it I'm in the scene right after the whole Nazi U sub thing and okay, you're still, in the, you're still in the beginning. Okay, yeah, I'm still kind of early, and I. I, I honestly just, once I got, well, I've been sick, but once I got hit, like, super sick the last few days, it's one of those things where, you know, there's sick where you just lie in bed, play video games, but then there's, you're so sick, your mind can't even enjoy video games. Like, that's how sick I've been. Like, I can't even muster the brain power, uh, or else I probably would have gotten farther. So I, I recognize I'm still pretty early, but mm-hmm. I, I like it so far um, for a few reasons, because... 
when you're playing more modern games, sometimes it's difficult to go back and enjoy the older games, whether you've played them or not. There are plenty of games that I've enjoyed on the N64, for example, loved them back then, but it's very hard to go back to and love it the same. Mm -hmm. um, for a PS3 game, man, it looks pretty dang good. It looks, like a modern, it looks like a modern game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you, you really you're using the remaster version, right? The PS4 remaster? Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, it's like the Drake's collection. The Drake, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the PS4 yeah. remaster. So, a little, little upgrade in the graphics there. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah obviously, if you nitpick, mm -hmm. like, obviously. But I'm like, hey, you know what? still looks great. I took some screenshots. That's how much I, I didn't mind it. They had some of that you don't see it in modern gaming anymore, like fixed camera angles. Like in a non-action sequence when you're going through the U, this U-sub thing. It, it's got the fixed camera angles. And I and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind if that came back for certain scenarios. Obviously, it has to be used at the, in the right context because it does mm -hmm. build a little bit of suspense. Like, ooh, what are you walking towards or whatever? So I actually kind of miss that. Um, and I feel like it was used appropriately. It's not like I'm walking with that perspective into battle. That's different. Um, and one thing at first I thought was bad, but I'm actually enjoying is it's, it starts out very simple. Let me know if it changes. Like there weren't the only collectibles was I found two treasures so far, but it's different. Like modern games, there's so much shit everywhere for you to collect, do, read this, you, that. You might have missed. Oh, you might have missed like ten treasures. <laughs> yeah, Uncharted has. A, I want to say. I want to say every single Uncharted game has at least forty treasures to find, and that's not including like like the like. There's a relic. There's a relic in every. The, the the original three Uncharted games had had a relic. Uh, it was kind of like a callback to um mm -hmm. to Naughty Dog's history, um because like you had the Precursor Orb, which was a which was a thing from the Jack and Daxter series. And oh every, yeah, no. And the first and the first three games had them. Well, I, I think mm -hmm. I, I am like I picked up the first one, and it says you picked up the first out of sixty whatever treasures. No, I, but I just mean. You know, like when I played the most recent Tomb Raider game, I just feel like it's more than just you have collectibles. There's just a lot going on. Here you have a story, and then you have collectibles, like one set of collectibles in the story. It just, for me, it's very uncomplicated. There's a lot of collectibles, but it's not complicated. And No, you I have to really be looking for them to collect them. Uh, like, they, the, they shimmer just very slightly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and I don't know if I'm getting my point across, but I just I like the simplicity of it, like yeah. the you don't have no, to get them. There's no benefit to getting it. Yeah, you don't have to get them. treasures. So other um, than just and, and I love Sully, mm -hmm. I like Sully. So anyway, that's that's our February book club. So that's why I kind of picked it up. It's a you know I I don't know why I never got into Uncharted. So this is a great opportunity for me to do so. So mm -hmm. there you go. No, I, I I will agree. There was there's still something magical about Uncharted. Honestly, for mm -hmm. me, it's the soundtrack. Like the the music just plays at the most perfect. It's like the most perfect score during the most perfect times. And just mm -hmm. even like just even the theme song. Do 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 do. You know, it's... I really. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. I thought you were done. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right. 
I would love someone to write a boss rush banter because I'm not qualified for it to kind of debate who's better or, or what's the better adventure franchise. We're not going to include Indiana Jones at the moment because it, there's been a long time since Indiana Jones has been in the gaming picture. But Tomb Raider versus Uncharted, you know, Uncharted I has a think... better story. Tomb Raider has the better set pieces. Yeah, yeah. I think overall majority, uh, like, wait, uh, I think overall though majority is gonna say it's um it's um Tomb Raider because like there's so much there's a there's a much bigger legacy with Tomb Raider you know yeah back with you know back with uh back with pyramid boobs and all this stuff you know there's and like and like in like really short shorts and all that stuff you know yeah for for me Tomb Raider is about the traps the the temples it's it's a lot more action than Uncharted Uncharted's more about the exploration. And the journey, yeah, and the platform, and the platforming, yeah. Tomb Raider, I I figured Tomb Raider for me had the more platforming, and some of the worst platforming because <laughs> some of the worst. Is for tr- <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you weren't precise on some of those jumps and maneuvers, you pretty much fell right into a trap and died instantly. Nice. Both well, are maybe good, I though. can. Maybe I can turn this uh, now towards Pat's direction. I'll start and then Pat can finish. Um, both he and I played uh, Silent Hill, The Short Message. Mm-hmm. First game I actually recorded too, audio only. And uh, be proud of me, guys. It's the first Silent Hill game I've ever played. First Silent Hill and a first person horror game. Something it's used to. Huh? Oh, okay, never mind. I was going to say, you refused to play the first person like Resident Evil, so... I still well, want her to play Dead Space. Well, she might I, move I, I, I'm more willing to play Dead Space than Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. That I will never, <laughs> ever... Happen. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm still trying to get my get myself the courage to play Resident Evil 7. Oh, come on, guys, yeah, 7's so... awesome. No, I, I, quality-wise it is. I'm just too chicken, too. I don't um, like I don't like first person horror games. Like I don't know. Like there's something there's something about it. Like I'd I'd rather play I'd rather play like like games like Dead Space and stuff where like stuff is behind you. So so it's just the bad camera angle that could get you sniped versus like oh it's right here in your face. Like yes, you, you know. Well, that's my point exactly. But I just felt like again, Silent Hill is one of those franchises that I've missed out on for. Many obvious reasons. Since they're working on the the remake of two, and they just drop this one for free, I'm like, oh, I have to. Like, I have to. I have to start somewhere. And I figured, and we were right that if it was a free game, it's probably a short game. Um, and I I I did like it. I I don't get why so many people poo pooed it on the internet and gave it a bad score. And Pat, you can elaborate on how it's technically not your traditional gameplay for Silent Hill, but as far as quality, for a free game, looks great, overall enjoyable, to me it was scary, and it carries the essence of what I know of Silent Hill, which is psychological horror and punishing people who did something bad, or supposedly something bad, quote-unquote. See, that's also why I'm not a Silent Hill fan. Like, I, I don't like my games of the fuck with me and play with my emotions like if you're gonna scare me just fucking scare me if you want to see how you can become a patreon producer head on over to patreon.com slash boss rush network the patreon producers for this month are adriel munger celeste roberts christian s sana dirig francisco santilin 
and Todd Oxtra. Thanks for your continued support of the Boss Rush Network and our family of podcasts. Zelda. Play it on us. Tell yeah. us about your experience and your thoughts on the short message. All right. Uh, I will say right off the bat, the short message was a good game. Uh, as someone who has played all the Silent Hills, minus the uh, multiplayer PSP one, the Book of Memories or whatever, because uh, I never had a PSP, uh, this definitely fits the theme of Silent Hill. It is that whole mentality of your mind, like the world is warped because of your mind and you know you're, you're trying to battle your psychological demons as well as a physical demon that's chasing you in this one well the design was nice uh i'm, I'm not sure like well it, it the demon itself kind of was fuzzy uh you know i'm not like the other demons from silent hill are jittery like twitchy and like tweaking this one just seemed like it was just bad graphics a little bit oh. but see i was debating whether or not that was like intentionally done that way i'm like whoa it, it could have been like honestly i don't think they intended you to just stare at the demon while it was walking towards you like they wanted you to kind of run away from it the second you saw um but yeah, in terms of tradition, it definitely was not your traditional Silent Hill. There's no combat involved with this one, um, which probably upsets a lot of people because that, that they... might be a good that might be a good thing in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, um, I mean there, there's I two feel different like, kinds of like horses. Silent Hill's always had the clunkiest battle system. It didn't matter which Silent Hill game. Yeah, well, there, there, you have your survival horrors where you can fight back, and then you have the ones that you can't, you know, like your clock towers and haunting ground. So you're, you're just kind of left to run. And that's kind of what this one is. Granted, the cut, the chase scenes are scripted uh, to the point, mm -hmm. like, you're, the demon's not just going to randomly show up in a room like Mr. X. Uh, but they are scripted, and while the first few are good, the last one is actually a little bit annoying and tedious. Because yes. they don't tell you that you need to find items while you're being chased around. Um, so yeah, that you one, just figure it out. Yeah, that one is a lot of uh, a lot of pointing or a lot of trial and error. But overall, the story itself actually hits really hard. Um, there is a massive. Uh, I think in the minds of those who struggle mentally, especially those with suicidal thoughts. The I felt like it really portrayed like the su anxiety that you have when you're suicidal, just how things are just completely starting to become uncontrollable and frantic, and you have literally no choice but to accept that this is finality. Um, I, I thought that it really did a good job portraying that. Um, it it it's not a story for the light of heart, though. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty damn intense uh for the thought patterns that your main character anita as well as what some of her friends are going through uh so uh but if you can stomach it it's uh it's definitely one a story that you know is worth a listen um and it's short it's free and it, you can finish it in two hours so. Agree. I agree with all aspects. I, I appreciate how Konami went and experimented with the non-combat system. And once again, like this is what I don't understand about these gamers that get pissed when developers try something different 
and then they get pissed when they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of grinds my gears. Um, so because I don't they want to find something to complain about. That's that's it. They yeah. you cannot make them happy. True. Yeah. Dude, that last bit with finding the five photos, in addition to not knowing that ahead of time, you know, like, I mean, you can kind of hear the creature coming because I was wearing headphones, but still, there are times where I would just open the door and be like, ah, how the heck did you get there? And it's start over again. No, one of the and cool it's... things is the Silent Hill does do the static, which is the key, the key for mm. you, you have not played a Silent Hill game, but in prior Silent Hills, the static is indicating that the monster is close. And your phone starts really freaking out when the monster gets close. So that, that was one of your key indicators there. All right. Sorry. So Pat. Um... <laughs> overall 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 thoughts on on the game though? I liked it. Uh, well, as far as much as I could like a first person horror. Like I think it was I think it was well done. Um, and I'm looking forward to what Konami has in store for the franchise. Yeah. This was definitely a better attempt than that last, the movie one that they just are doing right oh. now. Oh, yeah. The interactive um, version. Ascension or something. Yeah. That, something. Th- this one, I feel, is definitely a lot better than that. Um, oh, so. my last comment. Again, poo-poo to the people that keep talking trash about it because it's not like PT. Listen, yes, there were certain certain aspects of it that made me think of PT, because you do, like, loop back in a couple scenarios. But I'm like, you can't just make these comparisons. You have to judge it by its own own thing. So... Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright. So it's my turn to talk about someone else's video game? If you want. I think, you want. I think I think I think we did I think we did a very good job of like of like at least spotlighting one game uh, that we were either familiar with or had played from each other's. Uh, I was each gonna other's say list. I think you and you and Laron played a, a demo that I didn't mm-hmm. play that you can well, talk about. He didn't Actually, play the demo. I have, he, I have he, not played the demo. So oh. Pat, you can go ahead and talk about the demo if you want. I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. So yesterday there was an amazing state of play yesterday. But for all you in listener land, it's probably been a week now. Uh, Sony dropped the le- the second part of their state of play, which is 20 minutes of Final Fantasy Rebirth, where they went into extreme spoilerific territories of how the story runs, introduced some characters, uh, some cool callbacks, even to like bringing uh, Crisis Core into the actual game. Like, there's a character from Crisis Core that wasn't in the original Final Fantasy that now is in Rebirth, and I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, but they uh, they showed a lot of gameplay. They showed a lot of the mini-games. The, uh, the Dolphin looks just like a Wave Race game, so something for you, Steph, <laughs> is uh, playing Wave Race but riding on a Dolphin instead of a jet ski. Um, they... They said they revamped other mini games like the uh, Parade March mini game has is now revamped. Uh, the fighting mini game that you fight in the gold uh, saucer, that one uh, is has a cool callback and looking like old Final Fantasy seven sprites again. So they're all blocky looking. Um, 
of course, it's got the chocobo racing. They showed all the various types of chocobos from the ones that can climb to the ones that can swim to the ones that can fly. Uh, so cool callback to the chocobo breeding. I'm kind of curious how if that's going to be like a full-on minigame in this one or if they're just going to kind of give it to you. Um, but the demo itself, uh, the demo itself is two parts. We don't have the second part yet. They said that one's still going to be released in the next like few weeks here before the game comes out. But the okay. first part is uh, the classic uh, Fall of the Hero in Nibelheim arc, where Cloud is explaining his first encounters with Sephiroth when they go on to a mission back to his hometown, and how Sephiroth kind of goes from an uh, upstanding guy to... Uh, um, just complete, like, murderous, like, SOB. Um, but it is gorgeous. My gosh. You walk into Nibelheim and just the whole 3D renderings and how, like, the, sit the city itself is actually kind of built on a mountain. You don't get that experience in the original Final Fantasy because it's, you know, flat overhead view. But, like, there's height to the city. Like, there's different tiers of like where the buildings are located and it's got like farm patches now and a heck of a lot more citizens to make it look like it's a full-fledged town. Um, and then when you finally leave the town and start climbing up the mountain, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. You walk in, you see the mountain off in the distance and that's when kind of credits start crawling while you're wandering, like you're going from the town to the mountain. And it's like a small, like, dip into a valley before you start really climbing up this thing. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Like, this game is beautiful. Mm. There's conversations going on while you're moving around. Uh, even like a lot of the dialogue is very reminiscent from the OG game, uh, such as talking to the shopkeeper and her two kids, you know, kind of repeating things that she says one, you know, kind of like exactly like the mother says. And then the youngest ones, you know, says something a little like kiddier in in the sense, or, uh, even just like the conversations you have with Cloud's mom is exactly like the flashbacks. Um, and then also like the very first fight that you step off into the game gives, throws you a curveball is that you're not playing as cloud. You're playing as Sephiroth. Whoa. Okay. So it's the first time that uh, someone, well, I think other than like, um, Descendia that Sephiroth is actually playable and it's mm -hmm. uh holy crap. That guy is fast. Like, he moves like lightning. It's, uh, it, it kind of gives you that show of just how powerful he was even before he, like, becomes batshit crazy. And it's, uh, it's cool that they let you experience that. Um, the cutscenes are great. They introduce a piano mini game in this, uh, in this Final Fantasy, where not like in the original game, you can kind of play the piano, but it's just like a little cutscene where Cloud just like bangs some keys. This one, it's a full fledged uh, keys with using your thumbsticks and a, like a, it's almost a rhythm game where this like wave 
uh, kind of comes from the inner circle and goes to the outer circle. And once it hits the outer circle, you hit the joystick in that direction and it plays a key. And you got to play Tifa's theme uh, as like a little mini game. And it is beautiful. And honestly, today I just checked Twitter and uh, people are actually making renditions of other songs uh, using this keyboard. Oh, that's like, cool. That's cool. Someone uh, simple and clean. Someone posted simple and clean on the oh. keyboard. I re-quoted uh, it on Twitter. So if you follow me, give it a check out. It's freaking awesome. Um, and yeah, it's like, I am super excited for this game. Like they have oh. prop this game is like exactly how you pictured a modern day Final Fantasy seven. It is huge. It is gorgeous. It is hitting those towns. You're getting reminiscence of that story, but it's also bringing in something new that you're not sure how is it all going to play out. Like you almost have like two different worlds. Now that Zach's back in the picture and uh, not deceased and like, it's what's going to happen. Is it going to run to the conclusion that a lot of people think it's going to run to or something completely different. And it's just like Some revelations. This, yeah. The, I, I seriously believe that this is going to be the best final fantasy game out there. Like, all right. Now I, now I have to ask a really dumb question. Mm hmm. I might not be... Now, uh, this is where I got confused. Loran, the one that you're going to talk about, is that the first of the three part of the remake? Integrate? Yes. Yeah, Integrate, so, yeah. Do you think someone can play Rebirth without playing Integrate? No. They'll probably no. have a... They, it has a story so far. Like, yeah, they might have... They might do what Mass Effect did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they... Like, the demo itself has a story so far, cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um... And if it's something that you want to do, I say, you know, go for it. Like, but Final Fantasy VII, it, you can technically beat that one within 20 to, four, uh, 20 to 30 hours. Integrate yeah. or? Uh, yeah, the remake. Yeah, Integrate Yeah, Integrate is not a, a long game. Okay. You know, it's not it's not a long game at, like your tra- traditional RPGs are. You know, like okay. most, most, yeah, now, most modern now RPGs. Now I'm like, I gotta play it. You have to play yeah. it seriously. I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, you know, you'd be doing yourself a disservice because, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, um, you know, like how, I, you know, how, like, I talked about how, like, you know, like sometimes I have a hard time beating a game because, like, I don't want to say goodbye to the characters mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not even about the replay factor because, you know, there are some games I pick up and and put down, and, like, I know, like, I'm only going to beat it and I'm going to move on. You know, there's other games that I will play over and over and over again, like The Last of Us, Uncharted games, uh. Mega Man games, Jesus Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, like this is one of those ones where like you're going to grow to love the characters and stuff like that, and you're probably going to have like a very serious love hate relationship with like the entire cast of, of of the game because like every character, you know, what's funny is like um Pat and I played the original the original Final Fantasy Seven back in the day and stuff like that, and um and yeah, we fell in love with those characters back then, but now and and i can't even say it's nostalgia that's doing it for us they're so fleshed out they they feel so so human and so real that you know it's like it's like it's like we fell in love with these characters again but we're actually falling in love with the depth and the substance and the actual lore that these characters represent mm-hmm. you know 
And this is mm-hmm. from this is from playing Final Fantasy VII to Crisis Core to Dirge of Cerberus and all this stuff, and even watching Advent Children and all this stuff. So you know, it's like it's like um, it's like wow, like um, like it's it's really incredible just the evolution that this game. I did slip up and see something though, because um, I did not watch the state of play because like I don't know if I wanted spoilers. Um, I'm I'm still thinking about watching the state of play, but I did not want spoilers for this because I hadn't I haven't completely finished Intergrade yet, so mm-hmm. I didn't want spoilers. Um, but I did slip up and see like uh, like like we see who Marlene's father really was. I mean, yeah, it it. That you know who that is, though, and um, if you played the oh, original. oh, it, oh, it was revealed in Integrate. Yeah, uh, no, no, the original, the OG, OG. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that that was a huge uh, that was a kind of a well storyline. Because I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew Barrett ad- adopted her. I knew that, but mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know, but I didn't know like it was actually like a thing in like the original game. I don't, I don't remember that. That's so how that's how that's how long ago it was for me. Yeah, you like, meet I, you meet her dad uh, in the uh, the coral prison, the okay the, the slums underneath uh, the gold saucer. Okay. So yeah. So, don't worry, you didn't spoil yourself there. That that's okay. a known fact. Um. Well, uh, I guess I could hit my final game here. Uh, since we've definitely been taking a hell of a lot more time than Corey would ever let us take here, <laughs> but well, uh, we're having actual well, we're having actual conversations about this, and I think that's yeah. the cool thing about the segment tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, th- there was an actual state of play. Like this is is current stuff. No, I'm I'm actually really enjoying this. And just real quick, like I'm glad you guys are saying this because I didn't hop on the Final Fantasy VII remake not because I wasn't interested or anything negative. It's more like. I was intimidated by the fact that there's going to be like these three huge games and I already am a, like, I don't have the time to play a lot of hours of games. So I was intimidated, like I'll never be able to like catch up and, and get to it. But hearing that integrate for an RPG isn't kind of a quote unquote, as long as some really big ones. I, I actually feel like I can do it now. So thank you. Yeah. No, I, I hear rebirth is going to be, pretty big but there's supposed to be a lot of side stuff you know okay. with the whole new open well, world better than the reverse if, if integrate's yeah. shorter so to speak then I, I i feel more motivated to to mm-hmm. get there yeah well for uh people who are intimidated by really long games this next game may not be for you <laughs> <laughs> i picked up persona 3 reload the nice. remake of well persona 3 <laughs> Uh, which came out originally on the PlayStation 2. Uh, was it PlayStation? Yeah, it's PlayStation 2. Yeah. That uh, was the original one. Uh, this game has been remade, I think, now. Th- this is the third time it has been yeah, remade. Because yeah. you had Fez, which added an extra story, which I hear uh, uh, data miners have found a DLC that's going to have that extra story later. Um, then you had Portable, which introduced a female main character instead of the male, and uh, people are kind of salty that the female one's not in this one. Um, and then you have this one, Reload, which I think is more a remake based off the base game. Uh, but I can't fully say that because I only played probably like 25% of Persona 3 when it first came out. 
so it's pretty cool to go and actually play through it this time. Uh, the remake is definitely more in lines with Persona 5 in terms of its graphic styles. Its combat is a lot more closer to Persona 5 than it is to Persona 3. Um, and uh, the dungeons are more... The dungeon's more built up like Persona 5, where it just kind of looked like random generated rooms in the uh, Persona 3. Granted, the dungeon is still randomly generated, but it it feels more solid than, like, pathway that opens up a door, you know, follow another pathway kind of thing. Um, it's, uh, it's fun. It's definitely got personality. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of characters in this game. Uh, it definitely feels like a Persona game, though. If you've played it 4, 5, or even 3, you have social links that you build up, which by building those up, you can then uh, forge better Personas uh, based on the personality of the social link that you built up. And, uh, yeah, and then you the other half is dungeon crawling uh, through a dungeon while you're, you know, trying to also balance out your uh, your daily life as a student. So it gives you that freedom of choice of how you want to play, whether you want to go crawl into the dungeon or skip the night to go to the arcade and build up some of your characteristics like charm and academics or like hang out with your friends. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. I've uh, I played it for about 18 hours and I'm still just in July or sorry, June. And this game kind of starts in late April. So it's, uh, it's got a while to go, but it's, it's been fun so far. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And then of course I I don't have to spend any time talking about this, uh, monster Hunter world, Iceborne. I'm, I'm, I'm still on the train. It's been kind of slow because I'm actually playing other games, you know, but, uh, so yeah, like, uh, a couple of the guys I've been playing with, they've already left me in the dust as far as replay. Like they're already in master rank, and I'm still I'm still in high rank, you know. But that, but I mean, we're all we're all guys who we're all guys who know exactly how to play the game. So like they're just they're just rushing, and I'm just like taking my time this time. Mm-hmm. All right, um, nice. Stephanie, um, did you want to do the, did you want to do the community question real, really quick? We only have one night, right? Yes, but before that, I have my last game. I promise I'll spend oh, too I'm much sorry. Time. Oh, 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 crap. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Let me her, see your Her last game is one that none of us has played, so. Oh, yeah. And then that definitely takes the floor then. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no. I just finished um, the main line of West of Loathing. Um, again, a game that I left on my backlog that I when I finished, like Inscription, I'm like, dang, I wish I played this sooner because now it's sitting high up uh, on my top games that I've ever played. Uh, it is a stick figure rpg um uh, that's a set piece in the wild west and you're literally a stick figure that travels west you can either be a uh a magic bean slinger which is your mage you can be a cow puncher which is your warrior or fighter and then like a snake oil salesman and that's your ranger like uh gun shooting shooty mcshoots Script is hilarious, um, all the way through to the end. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I kind of want to go back because I feel like I didn't uncover all the secrets. So I just want to throw it out there. And there must be like a crazy cult following to this because I just 
you know, tweeted like, hey, I finished this. I love the physical because it had like a little mini art book. And I got like six retweets. I don't think I've ever gotten that many retweets. Um, and it's just just west of loathing. I thought like nobody knew about it. So I feel like it's one of those games that a lot of people do not know about it. But for the people that know about it, it's like a it's like a cult following. I guess there's a the developer's first game is Kingdom of Loathing, which I can only assume is more like of a fantasy medieval setting. And the latest game that this developer put out asymmetrical is Shadows Over Loathing, which I got to double check the, the time period. Um, I think it's more of a roaring 20s mystery. Uh, what do you call it? Kind of mystery. Uh, I don't know. I, I have brain fog, so forgive me. So I'm I'm looking forward to Shadows Over Loathing. I didn't purchase it yet because I want to make sure I liked this one first before I, you know, spent my money. So yeah, sorry. That's my, my last game. Oh, don't apologize. We did get a community question. And I should have it pulled up from our buddy, Place Austin. So what do you think about the Disney uh, and Epic thing? What do you want it to be? I honestly don't even know what I'm looking at. Um, so I kind of needed to catch up on this. Um, looking at an article from Forbes. Disney and Epic Games Partnership signals an exciting future for gaming and fandom. So the Walt Disney Company and Epic Games announced... Well, it says today, but that article was dated... Oh, today! It is. Yeah, um, it's today. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so February 7th, that they would collaborate on an all-new games and entertainment universe that will further expand the reach of Disney's stories and experiences, and that Disney will also invest $1.5 billion to acquire an equity stake in Epic Games alongside the multi-year project. So... Um, Kind of goes in line with uh, everyone else finally jumping in on the gaming bandwagon like Netflix had and Amazon had. So um, pause there and see if anyone has any thoughts. Uh, I I don't have any thoughts. Like I was I was I was sideswiped by this one. It's, like, it's I don't I don't know. Like I I feel I feel like honestly it was the next evolution for Disney anyway. You know like. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, I feel like all the other stuff that's been out that, you know, like, technically is a Disney franchise, a Disney slash Marvel slash Star Wars franchise, was them gingerly dipping their toe into, like, the, the gaming space in the first place. So, you know, the fact that they're, the fact that they follow, that they're following Sony, because, like, Sony's the other, Sony's the other, like, majority partner that's, that's got, that's got majority uh, shares in Epic stock. Like, so, like. Disney, it's about time someone else showed up, you know, like it's, it's, it's mega corporation Disney. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, right now people are definitely not looking at mergers in a good light. Um, especially with the recent news of Microsoft today, uh, mm -hmm. just basically closed off a, uh, fan favorite studio. So, uh. A lot of people are very pissed off. Wait, which do wait, which studio is that? Toys closed? for Bob. Toys for Bob is just announced. Oh that they're my god! The I, how did I miss that? It uh, it was just recent, like within the last few hours. Like a notice came out that uh, the Bay Area had over a hundred more layoffs, and that uh, the studio uh, Toys for Bob is closing. And uh, people are Yo, upset I mean, because they were the I mean, ones that revived the Spiral and Crash uh, series again. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's well, a you know, tough actually, pill to swallow. Actually, there was rumors that Toys for Bob might be on the block, but shit. The fact that VGC hasn't even reported it yet is just wild. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so people, it'd be worry, more kind of worrisome if another corporation, big corporation, buys into a video game company and, you know, maybe starts laying off people again, so. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it's this kind of makes me feel queasy, but it is what it is. I mean, out of all partnerships, I guess it makes sense, because isn't Epic Games kind of the one that hasn't really been doing so great? Um, Epic because, Games is know, Fortnite. Well, no, yeah, they are Fortnite, yeah. but as far as their storefront, their storefront's yeah. really not that uh, big because of you know Steam is all. So, I guess in in that sense, and if you're if you're looking at just being business savvy, partnering up with the people behind Fortnite, I I can see it. Um, I guess it all depends on how you how what what your thoughts are with Disney, because there's the people that are Disney diehards, there's those that are indifferent, and there's those that are former Disney diehards that don't die so hard anymore, which is myself. I grew mm-hmm. up loving Disney. I, I kind of feel like they've just turned into a big, disgusting conglomerate. And when I say disgusting, I don't hate them. I just... I've fallen out of love of Disney. Um, I'll still take my son there. I'll, I still watch a Disney movie from here or there. I just feel like the innovation and everything that's there is just not so much anymore. So maybe the partnership with Epic will change things. I don't know. We'll see. Um, what I do see, because Nintendo over here said not too long ago, we want to kind of be, in not so direct words, kind of like a Disney, a multimedia company, right? So they're like video games merchandise movies now whereas disney's like movies merchandise video games i kind of see an east versus west maybe in a decade from now because when companies merge and there's fewer competitors i can see a nintendo and a disney being like direct competitors someday yeah uh i don't know It'd be kind of this. It'd be kind of weird to see Mario and the Mouse get into a slap fight. I I would pay money to see that. So are we, are we saying that Mickey's going to be in the next Smash? Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? Well, I mean, I mean we're, it we're halfway it there. Poss- it would have been a possibility if Kingdom Hearts was a was a, was more of a Nintendo exclusive than than a PlayStation exclusive. Is there such thing as a, a Disney based brawler? I know there's a Nickelodeon-based brawler, but... A Disney-based brawler? No. Uh, no, but did you guys see the mod for Mar- MK1? No. It, it, has, it, has all the, it has all the traditional, like, Disney characters, like, like, like duking it out. Like, I mean, from, uh, from Snow White and Cinderella to, uh, to, uh, to, to Simba. Simba, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet. Like, it's a mod that's got... <laughs> Turned all the it turns all the MK characters into like into like the famous Disney characters and they're <laughs> that's awesome and they're doing the the Mortal Kombat thing so like so like bloody combos fatalities <laughs> uh, the X the X ray things where you know basically people's uh, people's bones are being rent uh, being uh, being just like oh my god it, it's hilarious I saw it and I was like oh my god and it. <laughs> I need to look this up. I need to download. I need to download the mod before it disappears. <laughs> no, seriously, like that's wow. 
Oh my god. I would get a copyright strike so fast on my YouTube if I I, I need to find this somewhere. That that's pretty awesome. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, well, while you're finding that, I, I do I, like I can like imagine Epic helping Disney make a Disney-based a Smash, a Smash Super Smash Brothers of Disney. Like I think that would do pretty well. Um, I I does someone on a Fortnite here person? Comes. Here it comes. Here, okay. here, here it comes. Oh, I was uh, here. Here it comes. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Get ready to laugh. <laughs> yeah, we got Winnie the we got Winnie the Pooh like beaten down. <laughs> Rafiki. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your favorite Disney characters have gone rogue in this unique Mortal Kombat mod. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lovable <laughs> Hold on, we need to see the roster. And they even got like more even current ones like Raya is in there from Raya and the Dragon. <laughs> this is I need this in my life. It's 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 wild. It's wild. Check it out. Check it out. If you just just Google it, and you will find it. The modding community. They're oh, they're just they're beautiful mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. All thank right. you for for making my night. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, more to come with Disney and Epic. So we'll see. Okay. All right. That's all um, the questions that uh, I had seen. Oh, oh no! This mod is not. This mod is not available. Come on, come on! Don't do this to us. This, this. Mm. See, that's the it's it's the gift and the curse of being a PC gamer. Like you can do mm-hmm. stuff like this, but you got to find it. Uh-huh. All right. Um. Well. Uh. You know what? Uh, I guess we got a couple of topics we can get through, you know, um, you know, because this show is about its topics, right? Oh, of course. Um, okay, so while while Pat stepped away, uh, we'll go ahead and start talking about this particular topic. Um, I'm I'm posing the question, like, how should us gamers like deal with the rumor mill? Because like uh-huh. if you if you if you haven't been living on if you've been living under a rock, you probably haven't realized that there's just we're only like we're only how many days into 2024? We're 38 days into 2024. And the amount of gaming rumors in the last 38 days is staggering. Like like there's nobody nobody knows who's on first what's on second uh which way is up you know like is, is the sky blue like nobody knows what's going on right now with all the gaming rumors we've got everything from like from like microsoft no longer being a, a hard a hard a hardware company to um to uh to sony is to sony's bringing back a new handheld and all this stuff and like and and and, and, and some of the in-between stuff like like the toys for bob thing i said a moment ago like uh, like i thought that was a rumor and apparently it's true now you know stuff like that How, i'm one of those people typically like when it comes to when it comes to to rumors and video uh, in, in in the gaming community i'm always like believe half of what you see and none of what you hear Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know like because like 
Because, like, I, I'm too old to be getting... When it's, like, the really good positive rumors and stuff like that, I'm I'm too old to get my hopes up and stuff like that just to just be told, nope, that, that wasn't a thing, you know, or, or, or vice versa, you know, like, you know, like the doom and gloom that comes when, you know, like, oh, like a company's on another development company is on a chopping block. Oh, like, like an entire division of uh, an entire division of like, uh, uh, like, like a company is like, is like disappearing or being folded into something else, you know, or, you know, or even, or even worse, like, you know, like, you know, like one of the one of the craziest one of the craziest rumors I remember hearing, um, and it turned out to be and it, and it turned out to be like absolutely bonkers was um was uh okay so a few years back a few years back uh it was it, it had to do with Naughty Dog and I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I get this right because um because like they were saying that Naughty Dog even though even though uh, Activision has the rights to Crash Bandicoot. That Naughty Dog was going to release a Crash Bandicoot game, and 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 the and the sad part about it is like you know like a good portion of the of, of the community were like no like like they can't do they can't do that unless it's like a special project you know that that's being licensed to them from Naughty Dog and stuff like that I mean from um, from Activision, um, uh, but then there was another there was there was like another like just half of the fan base that was just like rabid about it like they they they're like oh it's happening and all this stuff you know it's, it's it's like it's like it's like Swifties versus the versus the Hive you know all this stuff it, it was it was crazy and then um and then um and then eventually well not, nobody ever came out and squashed the rumor the rumor just kind of died. <laughs> But you can, but you can still tell people. You can still ask people nowadays, like, "Hey, like, uh, you heard anything about that Naughty Dog uh, possible remake of Crash Bandicoot?" And and somebody will say something. I'm not just talking about like the the bit of Crash Bandicoot that was in Uncharted Three. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Uncharted Four. Uh, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> That's what the closest we got to like Naughty Dog actually having their hands on 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 um on a uh, Bandicoot. But um, I don't know, like. The rumors are just crazy, out of control, and like I feel like I feel like we're just being like bashed bashed about the head like every five seconds with a new rumor and stuff like that. Like you know, like if uh if I go on to let's see, I'm not gonna go to VGC. Let's just go to let's just go to comic book. Huh? Comicbook.com. They have a ton. They report on all rumors. Oh my god! Yes. Um. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Let's go. To, let's go so to while you're looking that up, it's. It's part of what comes hand in hand with so- social media and just an omnipresent presence of information from the internet. Because rumors and gossip have always existed since man was alive. But back before a lot of internet, we we only read rumors with like the um like the the junk magazines at the store, right, or through word of mouth. But now we have the internet, and we constantly have our phones. I think that's where this rumors that always have existing it's just like it's regularly appearing to us and i feel like how gamers should uh, deal with rumors is kind of like how a parent should teach kids about playing with fire sure playing with fire is a lot of fun if you know how to play with it right but kids don't know how to play with fire and i say that meaning i do indulge in the occasional rumor because i like the discourse that may come from it if you can have a proper discourse about it but I believe the mass public does not know how to have that discussion. Yeah. That's the problem. It's okay to talk about a rumor, but people just, like you said, they're foaming at the mouth and 
really grab it and take like Diana Hill stances on something that, and here's the other flip side of things like in politics. Oh my goodness. All the, I don't want to use the term fake news because that's kind of a term that feels icky to me, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of misinformation on many sides. How about alternative facts? Yeah. Whatever. Like whatever that term is, is like, we all know. Oh boy. Uh, we all know that there's many sides to any story, and I really wish gamers just would pause and realize that. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real, because, because, uh, like, my God, like, there's the 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 successor to Nintendo Switch, like, like, uh. we don't know, we don't know absolutely anything about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. We just the only thing we know for sure, the only thing we know for sure is that it's got an Nvidia chip in it. That's the only thing we honestly know for sure. We don't know if it's going to have an OLED screen or if it's just going to have a traditional LCD screen. Um, we don't know. We don't. Well, we kind of know. We we may know that they're using the traditional Joy Cons, but we don't know that for, for real either. Um, the dock is different. The dock. Or the, we know the, the hardware. The dock is a little bit different. But beyond that, like everything out there, just sounds like sounds like. Every time I see a rumor about the, uh, about the next Nintendo Switch, you know, and we don't even know if it's going to be a Switch. Let's be for real. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, dude. That that's that. I have rumor fatigue of like I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to it. But there's so there was the rumor. Well, kind of remember when ga- the f- company that used to be Game Shark, everyone like flipped their lid when they mentioned the successor about whatever release date they yeah. had. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like it's it's just it's just it's just wild, and I'm like, and you know, some of it I'm trying to figure out, like you know, because um, I do believe that sometimes the companies themselves are responsible for some of this stuff. I, it's like, it's like, let's just let's just whip up the fan base today, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like EA woke up this morning and and, and, and sought violence, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. It's like let's let's feed, like cause a feeding frenzy today. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just I I wish uh, for the gaming community to take rumors with a, a grain of salt, which I know will never happen. It's like, listen, it's okay to indulge, have a little fun once in a while, and fantasize about what the rumor could be. But then you gotta kind of stop there. Don't you know? <laughs> and just focus on the facts, or just move on. You know, there's a lot more to life than rumors. Because, come on, that's that's high school shit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Once you start taking rumors seriously, you're, you're, you've got the mentality of a high schooler. You know what, just for, just for laughs real quickly, let me, go to, let me go to Twitter's trending. And let's see if there's actually something in here video game related. Give me one second. Goodness, rumors. Yeah, Microsoft rumors, the Switch 2 rumors, studios shutting down rumors. Yep. Um, Nintendo Direct rumors. Oh, Nintendo Direct rumors. Trending Shadow Heart, but that's not a rumor. That's a character. All right, here we go. Trending. Um. Oh, my algorithm. My algorithm is is jacked up because um I'm not getting anything as far as far as um as far as gaming rumors. Oh, Toys for Bob is in here. Yep. Choices for Bob, Kingdom Hearts, Tifa. Well, Tifa, I can get why. Why is Kingdom Hearts trending? Oh, because of Disney. <laughs> mm. They should have let that go. 
Aw, there's there's Kingdom Hearts fluffy stew uh like room shoes, like slippers. Why can't they call them slippers? Aw. Um, Stuff that Pat, well uh, how do you how do you how do you how do you deal with rumors? How do you deal with rumors in the gaming industry? Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt, to be perfectly honest. Like I'm kinda tired of just all the speculation. And it's just like, you know what, just just show it to me. Like, I, I'm tired of people being like, oh, the next, you know, Zelda Wind Waker Twilight Princess remake is going to be announced on the next Nintendo Direct. And they've been saying that for like the last three, four years now. Like, I don't know. It, it just gets tiring. Aren't there like now, like I saw an occasional headline or something about the PlayStation 6 specs. Yeah, Why are we talking about PS6 now? I don't Why? know. Why? Come on, guys, please. There's not, even, there's not even a projected date for when the system is supposed to be out. Like, you know, like Sony has even said, like, I, I guess it's because Microsoft is trying to get, get their new system out by, by, by what, 2026? 20, was it 2026? That was 27, but. Oh, 27? Okay. Who knows? Yeah. We. You know, we'll just have to wait until we hear what Microsoft has to say here in the next, the next week, week. Right? Yeah. What the game plan is. Yeah, which, uh, I don't know, which, by the way, like, I... That is an example I, of rumors flying out of control. The rumors flying, rumors flying, you know what, it's it's honestly starting to turn into a shit show, and I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if... Actually, no, I don't want to talk about it, because, like, this is one of those ones where I feel like Corey needs to be on the show, um, <laughs> you know, because uh, cause Corey, cause Corey is Team Green. Yeah, yeah. Corey... yeah, good thing he's on vacation because Nintendo Pow Block. I know, right? Yeah, it's a good thing he's on vacation now. You know, while all this news is happening, mm-hmm. gives him a good distraction. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I mean. Um. Okay. So I guess I guess this kind of works out uh, as our second topic, given that we're coming off of, off of the rumor mill. Like y'all. What happens? What happened to just solid video games being released? Like you, you guys have heard like the the massive shit show that's uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, and we have and we have other we have other like like nights little bangers like the like the day before, you know. Um, what else? Um, Callisto Protocol could have been could have been stronger, you know. Um, I mean, what is going? City Skylines too. Jesus Christ. Like, like that was on my wish list. Honestly, I still say the best games come from Japan. Those are the ones where you get the more complete and, like, actually solidly built games. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I think, yeah, a lot of it is the Western mentality. You know, just make games that will make you money, that'll make you money, or, like, the quick and wicked, uh, Way. And again, it's a generalization. It doesn't apply to everyone, but in the the Japanese culture, you know, there there's a lot more focus um, and emphasis on quality. Um, and I'm not just speaking about video games. Just coming, I'm not Japanese, but I'm Chinese, and I just have a general understanding of where priorities lie between Eastern and Westerners. I feel like it's a factor. Um, also, I just feel like in general. This is where I'm starting to sound old. The quality of things 
there's not to say that quality games and media don't exist in the modern day and age. I just feel like they are less frequent. Um, I'm looking at all types, like movies, shows, music, um, and video games in, in the last couple decades. Look, if we're going back to video games, look at the number of solid IP. Most of the recognized ones have come out in the 80s or 90s. How many recognizable IPs that we have generated in the last decade? Definitely some, but not a lot. Um, right. I don't know if it's because we're relying on remakes and remasters to make the money instead of coming up with innovative new IP, or maybe it's become too risky, financially risky. Um, just well, a couple of things. It wouldn't be financially risky if they didn't throw quads of millions of dollars, you know, like, like you know, like... Uh, I don't feel like, I feel, I honestly feel like, like, just like with Hollywood right now, Hollywood needs to learn his lesson. Like, you don't need this much goddamn money to make, mm-hmm. to make the product. You don't, you don't. Because I mean, like, uh, for example, like I just saw Mission Impossible, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Is that the newest one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. Uh, unfortunately, though, it's timing window for when it got released, and because of COVID and all that stuff, like you know, gave delays in production and all this stuff. Like the movie did not make the money to justify it being an actual hit, which means that it didn't make it didn't make what it took to recoup the cost of, of developing the film um, and the marketing. Marketing is fucking insane for for movies, and it is it is even more batshit for games and stuff like that you know um i guarantee i guarantee you at least two video games are going to have are going to have a spot somewhere on the super bowl one of them is definitely going to be an ea game i can tell you that and the the other one will probably be a playstation game i see okay yeah yeah that's just that's that's my prediction but i know for sure we're going to see two video game at least two video game uh like like spots during the super bowl you know um and you know, and and apparently, and, and shoot, it's like half a million dollars to get advertising spots right now for mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. You know, that's for thirty seconds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know why we have. There's that mentality of you just need shovel sh- need to shovel buckets of money to to create a solid video game. Um, I don't know. I feel like that. You know, I don't. Sorry, well, I was going with that. I mean, there is a part of it, like it's the technology behind it and stuff like that. But you know, I feel like, I feel like honestly, like you know, like when it comes to console gaming and stuff like that, you know, like once people learn the learn the ins and outs of the actual other actual hardware and the chipsets, like for whether it's whether it's whether it's PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and stuff like that. Once you learn, once you learn the nuances of like the actual tech that you're working with, it shouldn't it shouldn't cost exponentially more dollars to make a game for that same system you know like yeah there are going to be some things that 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 are are like driving factors for it because like in like companies for example square square enix oh and this is good this is a good one actually i can use this but square enix for example like yeah like they may have a breakthrough with their with their existing in-house tech and all of a sudden like you know like then like final fantasy 7 rebirth is beautiful you know, is beautiful. And you can also tell that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is like, I want to say like a half a step up from from Intergrade. 
You can tell. It just looks more and more gorgeous and beautiful. Like it's like it's robust. It's got it's vibrant and stuff. Like it looks like a living game, honestly, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. But when mm. it comes to solid games, <laughs> I'm glad you're back, Pat, because like I want because like speaking of Final Fantasy, it seemed to me like the only time Square Enix makes really good games is if it has the Final Fantasy name in front of it. I mean there's they have quality smaller well, lately, titles like lately, Octopath lately. was. I just if I would say it goes back to the marketing again. They're gonna market the shit out of Final Fantasy versus Octopath, but I wouldn't say that Octopath was a bad game. I'm not saying that either, but we got Forspoken recently. I think that one was cued more towards a Western audience, and it followed more Western beliefs, and they wanted to get it out. As fast Strangers as in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Well, Strangers in Paradise know. actually did good, I think. Wait, I, I haven't heard, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. I'm no. doing this to you. I'm doing this to you. What are you talking about? Well, I don't want to necessarily get off of Square Enix, because the only thing I just want to throw in is not every single game needs to be an open-world, 100-hour technological prowess thing. I think that's part of the budget. Yes, it's nice to create something like that and put the money in, but you can still have a good quality game but not be as graphically intensive, not open world, and that's how you can save money there. You don't you, that's not required to make a good game. You know Maybe what? we I, could... I got the perfect game for you. Uh also yeah. speaking of Square Enix. You know what their second biggest title was uh, for 2023? What was that? What? Dragon Quest Monsters. And that came out in Monsters the middle game. of December. And that mm. game is nowhere near the quality of Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, you're right. Like, the game looks like it came off of a Nintendo Wii. Like, the graphics are not good. Like, Dragon Quest Eleven looks a hell of a lot more beautiful. But this game, you know, it, it's quality. It didn't have a big budget, but it has a good brand name behind it, and the gameplay is solid. All right, well, there you go. See, that's another thing. Yeah. So what what do we what do we think? Um, do we think do we think it's the budgets there that are killing these games? Do we think it's just uh, I don't want to say shoddy development, even though like. We we we've we know a shoddy a shoddy developed game when we see one like you know like um like like Redfall for example you know um Justice League I mean I'm sorry Suicide Squad kill the Justice League um you know is it is it is it development is it how much money's getting thrown at it or what is it because like because like I don't know like we we talk about this time and time again uh <laughs> um that um that you know like games that don't have the budget do well you know like indie titles for example games that don't have the budget do really well there's some i don't know maybe there's just a quirk or or like a certain appeal or magic behind them and stuff like that but the, and then you have like blockbuster triple a titles uh that you know are just crashing and burning is it gamer fatigue what is it you know <laughs> i don't know i think uh I, I think I'll stick to my guns as far as just like it being multifactorial, right? I, I feel that it part of it is business practice, 
you know, how, how does a developer and publisher handle how much they put in marketing and, and all that stuff. Uh, and also just the, the time to take risk for original IP versus trying to rehash something or lean on, it's like example, Suicide Squad as, as a crutch, like hoping that the, the name or the franchise will kind of make them big bucks and stuff like that. Apologize if I'm talking in circles. I just feel like there's no. several factors into it. And I just think we kind of lost their, a lot of the bigger developers and publishers lost their way. And that's why indies made such a huge um, impact in the gaming industry since like around what, 2017 or something. Like mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the real innovative, fun stuff uh, ha have come in. It's just that unfortunately, unless you hit that one in a million lucky strike and gain attention and go viral, many might not see the financial success of, of larger, you know, larger developed games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this one bit right here and then we can go ahead and get ready to get ready to wrap up the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that, that wonders sometimes like, are we just, are we just are we just in for another for 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 another version of the of the video game recession? Because I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like back during the PS3 era, like we were getting kind of close to a, to a recession. Now, uh, when you or, say recession, I'm sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, not recession. I'm sorry, depression. Like okay, like the like the video like 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 the video like the most historic video game depression was of course like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred era, right? Because okay. uh, because yeah, like uh, it looked like it looked like that was. It looked like what happened in, during that time frame. Video games was just not going to be a thing, and then the, the Nintendo Entertainment System comes out like four years later, mm -hmm. and you know, it's a it's a whole new ball of wax, and like you know, like boom, it's like a it's like a rebirth or a renaissance, you know, of, of the of video games, and then and then you know, like it was a it was a nice high ride because you had Nintendo Entertainment, you had Nintendo, you had Sega, eventually Sony got into the ring and stuff like that, and then you know. Um, it seemed like it seemed like there was choices everywhere. It seemed like there was like develop developing uh, developers, uh, publishers, and stuff were hungry, you know. So like there was always something out there to play. There was something even the bad games, and to 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 some extent, were like really good or worthwhile playing playing and stuff like that. And then and then so you know like uh like Sega eventually drops out of the drops out during the PS2 run. Uh, the Dreamcast is the last system for them. X, uh, Microsoft shows up later with the Xbox. The GameCube is out and running strong. And then we got to like the 360, the PS3, and I think GameCube was still yeah GameCube was still a thing until like halfway through that cycle, and then the Wii showed up. And uh and it feels like and it feels like with the exception of what was going on over in Nintendo's corner with the Wii. It seemed like we got. It seemed like stagnation hit, and that stagnation stayed around for a while because uh, at the time I was working at GameStop, and it seemed like nobody. It seemed like nobody from from the customer base to like to like just us uh, us workers there. Nobody was getting really excited for stuff. Like yeah, like Grand Theft Autos were coming out and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and we had a few gems here and there, like Bayonetta, uh, Vanquish, and stuff like that. But for the most part, like not every like. Not everybody was running to stores to like to like get games, you know, and and not it wasn't just GameStop, you know, like people just weren't buying games. Like it seemed like more of the same, you know, like Mass Effect was out there, and you know, like that was, and you know, like the few the few Pokemon games that were actually good quality back then. But you know, uh, 
so yeah, like it was a it was a weird time, you know. Um, and then and then the PS4 and the um and the um and the Xbox One came out, and then it kind of like researched and got back in there, and then the Switch dropped, and it just went nuts. You know, that is a very excellent point you bring up. And I am no economic expert by any means, but I do know the basics of there's always ups and downs, right? There's Mm -hmm. always a cycle. The severity and the type of cycle will vary over time. And what we're seeing now, you know, with just about what a third of the gaming industry has been laid off, um, a big boom of great games, but now what's next? Big question mark. I'm not saying for sure we're definitely going to see a crash per se, but I do feel like some sort of change is going to occur. Yes, maybe we're going to fall into a minor quote-unquote recession where people aren't as hyped anymore until something else happens, whether it's the, the Disney's, the Amazon's step in and shift what gaming is. Is it Microsoft changing their strategy? Not that I'm rooting one way or the other. I'm just saying maybe that might be a, like something's going to happen. I also feel like because of all the money that we just talked about being put into games almost makes the gaming industry feel bloated. And usually when you get that sense of bloated, that usually means something's going to pop. Not to be gross. (laughs) That's what happened to the housing industry. Won't be the same, but like the similar principles, if, if things get bloated financially, but we're not recouping, the business side isn't really recouping, something's got to give one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we'll leave that. We'll leave that topic at that. I mean, but that's uh, a really great one. It inspires me to maybe I can write an editorial about it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, and and, and also the okay. One more thing, and then mm. we'll end it here. Maybe this is the reason why so many remakes and remasters of of games from the past two console generations are starting to show up. Maybe it's also why, like you know, like companies are dipping all the way back. Like we're going back to PS2 era, you know, um, PS2 and PS1 era, you know, and Super Nintendo era, you know. Which, by the way, I heard I heard something that was really insane. I heard I, I heard that you know, like um, like Super Mario RPG you know, outsold, like, Super Mario RPG's original run on the Super Nintendo. I thought that was kind of a really crackpot thing for someone to say, for the simple fact is, like, Super Mario RPG was super niche back then, and it was printed on, well, I mean, technically, like, Mario RPG remake is, like, is, like, printed on cartridges, technically, you know, stuff like that. But I think, but I think the, the, the main difference here is that, you know, like, it's like, there's over 170 million Nintendo Switches out there in the in the world, you know. Yeah, there's more availability in modern day gaming. I mean, the it, the Switch finally became the number one selling console in all of history in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I so I thought it was crazy when when someone just like said yeah like the like Mario RPG outsold like its original run of Super Nintendo. Uh, hell yeah, that was the the original run of the Super Nintendo because guess what? Cartridges were eighty fucking dollars back then, and and like if you if you think money if you think spending money now is insane for video games, like back then eighty dollars was a lot of fucking money for a game. Like shit, like I like I bought Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy three or Final Fantasy six as we as the modern gamers call it now. Those came out. Those came out literally within months of each other. I was I was out of two hundred bucks. 
<laughs> and guess what? I didn't even own a Super Nintendo. I bought the games because I had a friend that owned that had a Super Nintendo. I bought the games because I knew I wanted to play them. Dude, do you still have that Chrono Trigger? I'm pretty sure the original Chrono Trigger is worth a lot. Uh, I'll have to check. I'll have to check. I kind of lost track of. I had. I, I. I. I still have like some. I still have some of my old actual cartridges. Um, and stuff like our cartridges. Like I have stuff going all the way back to Super Nintendo for sure. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I dig through my mom's like I like attic, I'll probably find probably find my my old gold foil like Legend of Zelda game. I kept that. As a matter of fact, I kept. I kept. I kept Legend of Zelda, Mega Man Two, Mega Man Three, Super Mario Three. Um. Um. Uh, shoot, Bionic Commando, Metroid, mm-hmm. and I believe I have one other Contra. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I still, I, I still remember having those cartridges in my possession. Now I'm not sure where they may be at at this point. You know, in my mom's house, but I still have those. I still have a few um, Super NES games. You know, um, and uh, and I have a lot of classic PS1 games that are not greatest hits editions. Because apparently, because okay. apparently, when the greatest hits editions came out, it just killed the value of those games. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead. And, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, I want to go ahead and thank everyone for listening and/or watching the Bossers podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, always wonderful to have like every all of our listeners, the entire audience is part of the Boss Rush Network. It's amazing. If you enjoyed our discussions, please do subscribe on your uh, on YouTube or your favorite podcast application, wherever that be. Uh, you can also support us over at Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. Um, any any tier, remember, any tier grants you access to all of our podcasts. Uh, so follow us on social media as well at Boss Rush Network. Uh, Stephanie, Pat. Thank you for your time, as always. Great discussion. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we did our we did all right, given that uh, given that Corey's playing hooky on us, you know. We did all right. And I spend yeah. half my time in the bathroom, so. No, nobody <laughs> so, needs to know that. Nobody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Until next week, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. If you want to see how you can become a Patreon producer, head on over to patreon.com slash bossrushnetwork. The Patreon producers for this month are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Todd Oxtra. Thanks for your continued support of the Boss Rush Network and our family of podcasts.